Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In Season 2, Episode 19, Sasha discusses her new book, Between Grit and Grace. She discusses the truth that our actions are driven by our thoughts and our internal voice. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Good morning and welcome to the Brave Enough Show. Thanks for tuning in. It's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. And if you've never listened to the show, welcome. And I'm really excited to be sharing with you some of my new book that's coming out, Between Grit and Grace. And by the time this episode launches, I think it will launch during the week of the book. So I'm super excited about it. And I hope that you are all reading along with me and joining in on my book club. You can find out about that at becomebraveenough.com. But first, I want to invite you, if you listen to this podcast and you really feel like there's some things in your life that are not right, that aren't lined up with your priorities, maybe you're exhausted, maybe you're even to the point of burnout where you show up every day, but you're just emotionally not there, you're disengaged, and you're so exhausted that you don't even know where you would begin to start to rearrange your life and your work and your priorities so that they can better align with what your true intentions are in life and what you're meant to be here for. I want to invite you to join me in the Brave Enough Spring Masterclass. We're going to be kicking off this class in about six weeks and in the beginning of March. So when this episode airs, probably in about two weeks, actually. And I just want to really encourage you to join me because it is an amazing experience that I do twice a year with a small group of women where I take you through a curriculum that allows you to kind of realign your priorities. And the cool thing about the masterclass is I've made it for the busy woman who has a million things going on because otherwise you wouldn't be able to actually show up and get the work done to rearrange your life and make your life less busy and less pressured. And I think it's for me a pause. And I don't know that we often take time to pause and really evaluate our own life because we're always taking care of other people. So I want to invite you to the masterclass. If you're interested or you have questions, just email me. I love getting emails from you, Sasha at becomebraveenough.com. So today I'm going to be talking about chapter two in between grit and grace. And the reason that I wrote this book, where this came from was I went through a period of my life where I was completely burned out and I recognized there were many issues that led that, um, to that in my life. But one of them was this lack of identity where I was having to be one way at work and a different way at home. And I never knew who I was. And I felt in conflict all the time. And it put a lot of strain on me that took me about a year to kind of pull back and reassess and understand. And then a couple more years to kind of build myself back up. And so I've written about this in a book called Between Grit and Grace, The Art of Being Feminine and Formidable, because I can tell you that I'm both of these things. I'm a pretty gritty, assertive, authoritative person. I'm a boss. I'm a leader. Uh, I own my own company. I'm a mother. I can, I'm a cardiac anesthesiologist. I go toe to toe with what my values are every day in the world. 
But I'm also a grace giver. I'm a grace receiver. I need a lot of grace. I make mistakes. Um, I'm the person that's going to cry with you when you're hurting. Just as much as I'm the person that's going to come out of the dugout, so to speak, and defend you if you're being bullied. I'm not afraid to do that. And yet so often in my life when I was both of these things, people look at me like I have a personality, you know, problem. And I'm like, maybe I do. What, which way am I supposed to be? Well, the truth is that I think every woman should be allowed to live in the margin of grit and grace, however God has defined you. And we certainly need both of these things. There are times where I don't care what your personality is, whether you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, you're a leader, you're more of a team builder, you require grit and women lead and defend people all the time. But we often experience backlash for that. We also need grace and we should be able to live in that margin of grit and grace. However, God made us is my belief. So in chapter two and why I wrote this book, why I put this in there is because it really starts to, when you want to, you know, when you want to change people around you, you have to start with yourself, right? So it's not like I, I figured all this out and then I went to work and I changed my environment or I changed the culture around me or I changed everybody I worked with. No, I changed myself and I found peace. And so I write about this in chapter two, which is really about your internal voice and what I call your frenemy versus your fangirl. So your frenemy is that internal voice that constantly is telling you and reminding you of all your negative attributes. And we all have them. I have them. You have them. We all do the best person in the world. Mother Teresa had negative attributes. Okay. So, and failures and mess ups and struggles and hardships. And the, our frenemy is that part of us that kind of comes out a negative Nelly or that imposter syndrome that pops up and constantly reminds us when an opportunity presents itself or when we have to stand up in the workplace or we have to take on more authoritative or assertive roles or maybe a stretch goal, something we've never done before, something new to us constantly reminds us of, Oh, remember the last time you did this? It didn't go well. Remember how you are not a good public speaker? Remember how you aren't really, you, you're not good at talking about a negotiation? Remember how you failed at this? Remember how you always say you're going to keep a promise to yourself and then you break it? So that's that negative voice. And whatever you feed grows. Okay, this is a principle in life. We know this to be true. It's the same with your internal voice. Whatever you feed internally grows. So if you feed this negative voice and you let it take over your life and you give it a lot of attention, it's going to grow versus your fangirl. Your fangirl is that for me, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, but it may be something else for you. Um, for me, that is the voice that says, okay, yeah, you failed last time, but there's no evidence you're going to fail this time. Or yeah, you failed last time, but look at those three things you learned from that failure. Or yeah, you don't love public speaking, but you know what? You're going to stand up there and you're going to do it and you're going to learn from it and you're going to grow. Or, you know, you're right. You did lose 10 pounds and then gain it back, but it doesn't mean you can't lose it again. Right? So that's my fangirl. And it really depends on who I choose to listen to. So part of my healing and coming into myself 
and really living empowered as my own CEO, as I like to say, was really understanding these two voices and how important it is how I talk to myself every day internally. So I want to read to you a little part of chapter two. See, your internal frenemy is really, really smart. She's Ivy League. She speaks seven languages and she has a memory like no other. She remembers all your past failures and bad habits and she's really good at reminding you of your limitations. She's a perfectionist and her best friend is shame. It's easy to listen to her because you always know the mood you're in, particularly when you're vulnerable and she finds you just when you can't seem to ignore her. Your inner fangirl, on the other hand, well, she's somewhat of an underdog. Psychology tells us that for every single negative interaction in our brains, we need about 16 positive ones to overcome them. So your fangirl is constantly working out how to combat your frenemy. Your fangirl does CrossFit seven days a week just to have your back. She's trying to get your attention because she knows you really well. She has something your frenemy will never have. She not only sees how you are, she also sees you for what she knows you can be. She's a visionary and she's telling you, take a step forward. You are worthy. You are enough. I love that. I love to think of my frenemy and my fangirl and I get to choose who I listen to. And here's the thing. You can actually dynamically work on your positive thoughts and who you are listening to and the internal voice that you listen to. You can choose to take your thoughts captive the negative thoughts and pitch them doesn't mean they're not going to show their head every morning. I mean, every day I have negative thoughts. I wake up and I have negative thoughts. It's not like I don't have them, but you get to choose. Do you feed them? Do you perseverate on them? Do you give them a lot of food so they grow? One of the things for me is social media. I'm pretty intentional on my social media platforms on what I post and who I listen to. I got to be really honest. If I spend time on Twitter, it feeds my negative, my, my, my frenemy. I just don't spend time on Twitter because for me personally, I have a hard time not reading all the negativity and letting it feed my frenemy. Facebook for me, because I have a tribe there, is extremely positive. My feed is positive. I don't follow negative people. I unfollow them or I just um, take them or block them or I just unsubscribe. And I keep my feeds positive because, not because I live in a la-la land where I don't think that negativity and horrible things exist or bias or injustices exist. I'm not talking like I live in this, you know, people think, well, if you're really positive, you're just a stupid person who doesn't understand the world. I would argue that if you are positive, you are a strong minded person because you are actually choosing positivity. You're choosing to look at things and look at your situation in life from a positive space and you're feeding it. And quite frankly, social media is a decision every day, whether you're, what you're going to feed the people you hang around. This is the second thing. Like I have to really work with who I hang around with. I know that if I am around negative people, people who are constantly complaining, people who are never satisfied, people who are never worthy, people who are never enough, I start to become that way. It rubs off on me. I'm not strong enough to actually withhold, you know, the negative feelings from creeping up in myself. If I'm with somebody who's constantly talking about her 
external looks and how she needs to, you know, I had a friend for years. All she did was talk about how she needed to lose these 10 vanity pounds. And guess what happened to me? I started thinking I need to lose 10 vanity pounds. So I had to pull back from that friendship because it was not feeding the positive parts of my brain. It was making me compare myself and feel less than. That's another area is friendships. A huge one is our workplaces. I know a lot of people that they their workplaces feed their frenemy and they refuse to leave toxic environments. Maybe most of the time they feel really stuck. Most of the time it's women who feel like, you know, I, I don't know what other job I would have. I provide for my family and I don't know what I would do. And I understand that, but I think sometimes we have to understand what a toxic environment can do to our mental health. And sometimes you have to leave a department, a division, or even an institution or a job for your own mental health. And I cannot tell you how many times I know people who leave and then they go, why did I stay that long? I did not realize what it was doing to me. I was just talking to a friend the other day whose husband is in a really toxic environment. And I was saying how he, she was telling me how it's so unhealthy for him and she can see it, but he's feeling trapped. And she was like, you know, he's just become such a negative person. And I said, it's because that's what is being fed. If you feed your frenemy, that is, and you live in a working environment where that is being fed, then unfortunately it becomes part of your internal voice to yourself. And you start to see the world very negative, negatively. And let me tell you, the world is negative. <laughs> it's not like circumstances change when you take on a positive thought model, but your reaction to them does. And I don't know, honestly, how people can go through life with a negative. Like I, I follow some people on social media and all it is is negativity. And I'm just like, gosh, that's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. Um, and so I have found that the, what I feed grows, period. And it's really up to me. And so that's why I wanted to write about this in the book is because I wanted women to see the power of our thoughts and choosing to listen and to feed our fangirl. So in order to do that, you have to have confidence, right? Confidence instills the frenemy that grows the fangirl. And it, and it tells the fangirl frenemy to be quiet. But the thing is that we think that confidence is something that has been handed out to us like at birth. <laughs> so many people think that like when you're born, you get, you get this much, you know, you get these physical traits and then you get a personality and you get like a lump of confidence and whatever that lump is, that's just what you got for the rest of your life. Well, I'm here to tell you differently. There's a lot of science behind confidence and you can look at the studies, but it basically shows that confidence comes by taking action and being willing to fail. So the more you act in a way that is serving you, even if you think that you're not sure about taking that first step, it builds your confidence. And you you take many steps towards a goal, it builds your confidence that are, is going to allow you to take big steps. And it creates more of a positive attribute. And the thing that I really want to talk about is confidence as a team sport. So I'm going to read you a little excerpt from the book. Confidence is contagious. Just as it is important to encourage one another, 
it is equally, if not more, important to encourage yourself. Once I realized that listening to my inner voice had the ability to propel me just as much as it had the power to restrict me, I started taking notes. Literally, I started writing down my negative thoughts. Putting them on paper made me re- recognize how much I was listening to my frenemy, especially when it came to being assertive or advocating for myself. Even when it felt natural and when I did advocate or negotiate or take charge, my frenemy would give me a play-by-play afterwards and point out all the things I I should have done or should have said, such as soften my tone here or been less firm there. Ridiculous, huh? Then I also realized a tiny voice was cheering for me. She was in my corner fixing my crown. She was telling me to go for it, keep moving forward, and no one was perfect. So why did I think I had to be? She encouraged me to lead, to assert my ideas, to state my opinions, and to take charge of situations directly because that's my style. Her voice grew and guess what? So did my actions. One of those most important aspects of growing our confidence is letting go of our perfectionistic tendencies and showing ourselves grace. This is one of the most difficult things we can do because it requires us to let go of our failures and to throw off the labels that we and others often place on us, which we then start to believe about ourselves. So isn't it interesting how other people label us and then all of a sudden we believe it? I was recently reflecting in my group online about how this year has really been a transition year for me. And I honestly felt like there's part of me that really wants to step in to who I am as a leader of women. But then there's this part of me that has really grown up to be this academician physician. And Everyone in my life, including my closest friends and family, constantly are asking me, who are you? <laughs> like, what's, what's it going to be, Sash? What are you going to choose? Is this the year you're going to leave medicine and pursue Brave Enough? Is this the year you're going to like put Brave Enough on the back burner and really, you know, become the chair of a department? And it makes me, it has started to make me really question myself and my own identity this year. And I'm constantly, you know, journaling and reading things that other people write and asking for wisdom and praying. And and the last week or so, I had the opportunity to have a lot of time in solitude. And I don't know about you, but I have a really strong desire for solitude these days, not loneliness. There's times that in my life I've been extremely isolated as a woman and some of the loneliest times that I write about in the book, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about solitude and solitude is a gift. And I've spent the last couple of weeks having some time with myself. And that is what I call, call the pause and pivot. If you listen to the show, you know that I believe that the biggest gift we can give is time for ourselves to pause and pivot in life. And I recognize that I was allowing everyone else. And these are people that love me, that care about me. They're, you know, my mentors, my parents, my spouse, my friends. I was allowing their questions to really make me feel like I had to make this huge decision. When the truth is, I'm actually okay being both of these things right now. I love being a doctor. I love leading women in and empowering women and teaching women. I love teaching women. I love it. I love what I'm doing right now. I can do both of those things right now because that is in this year, in this season, what I've been called to do. And 
I can't, I was really allowing other people to influence my internal voice. And my internal voice was saying, you got to choose, you got to choose. This is a year you got to choose. You got to pull back from this. You got to stop doing that. You got to choose. But really that was my friend of me talking because when I think about where I am in my life right now, I'm actually really content being both of these things. And until I, I know that God is leading me elsewhere, I'm going to keep doing these things. So maybe you're listening and you feel like you don't know your identity. Maybe you feel you're, you're about to embark on a different job, or maybe you're, you want to change your job FTE, or maybe you want to take on a new project, or maybe you want to pull back and pour into your family, or maybe you want to be brave and take on a new role or whatever it is, a relationship, a friendship. Um, and you feel like you're torn because that's what really decisions come down to. You, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, who are you feeding? Are you feeding your frenemy? Are you feeding your fangirl? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Were you following on social media? What are you reading during your day? Are you spending time alone in solitude? I would encourage you to get the book. I think the book is something that can really be very special to kind of lead you through this internal discovery. It's, I've got questions in there and pauses and, and every chapter is broken up into a pause and reflection exercises because I wanted the book to be more than just, you know, a story. I wanted it to be actually something that could change you and help you and teach you how to invest in yourself. So if you're listening today, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that you are liking this. If you are, please give me a shout out on social media. Tell us us what you like about the brave enough show give me a review on itunes that would help but i would love to hear your feedback um i'm gonna keep doing this if um i keep getting positive feedback otherwise i'll go back to doing some other episodes with some great guests but i wanted to offer a little sneak peek into between grit and grace you can buy it on amazon barnes and noble target online um and i just want to thank you all for listening now stay tuned for sasha's pick of the week okay my favorite pick of the week is the passion planner. I don't know about you, but I like to have a planner that I actually write in and I like to journal and I like to write ideas and I like to see goals. I'm very driven that way. So I love the passion planner. This was introduced to me about three years ago and I've been using it since and I am obsessed because it really has not only the calendar and the planner and space for you to write, but it also has a space for you to really look back at your one month, two month, three month goals to look at your overall creativity and things you want to accomplish and it has motivating quotes in it. Every time I open it, I read a little quote, I get motivated. I love the passion planner. It also has a little strap that closes, but it can fit in your bag or your, your purse or where, whatever you're taking around town. And it's pretty. <laughs> and there's a pink one. So of course I love it. So I also, there also have ones for men and my husband is now a huge fan. He has a passion planner and this guy doesn't plan. So the fact that, you know, he got a passion planner is a huge deal. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes. It's my favorite item of the week. If you do not have a passion planner, I would highly suggest getting one. So that is my Sasha pick of the week. And I really hope that you enjoyed listening in. And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production.